This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. All right, welcome to the Friday show, everybody. Raise your hand if you started Ronald Jones. I would have both of my hands up. I started, I think, in two leagues last night. Not looking very good so really? far. Yeah. Who did you start him over? Tevin Coleman. Uh, okay, that's, <laughs> that makes some sense. Yeah. Tough call there, huh? I don't really remember the rest of my craptastic running backs, but yeah, I had to start Ronald Jones. It was uh, it was disappointing. Hey, remember that report that before the game that he was going to get more work? That didn't that didn't happen. Uh, welcome, good times. Welcome to Friday, everybody. Happy Friday, Friday the thirteenth, and uh, Tampa Bay beats Carolina twenty to fourteen. At least the finish was exciting. Good morning, Dave and Jamie. Uh, at least the finish was exciting, right? Sure. Dumb play call. It was a silly play call and an ugly finish to what was mostly an ugly game. Unless you like field goals, then it was a really great game for you. But yeah, not a great game. A lot of big fantasy questions coming out of this one. Mm -hmm. And we are going to talk about the NFC home games. There are six of them, plus Cleveland at the Jets, which we didn't talk about yesterday. I'm sorry I forgot to mention we were saving that till uh, today's show. But actually, it worked out because Sam Sam Darnold uh, is like a sophomore in college. Because I thought those were the only people that get mono. Um, I, I never heard of like adults getting mono. But how about actually? I think my dad had mono when he was like in his late twenties. So, you guys ever have mono? No. Now yeah. there was a girl who I liked in college who got mono, and See? I didn't like her anymore. Was after she a that. sophomore? She was a freshman. Ah, oh. all right. Well, she was a year ahead of her time. Um, we'll talk about that game. Some real cool stats about the what the Rams have been doing going back to last season and into week one, what Jared Goff has been doing in that time. Uh, Drew Brees on the road, Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings, all that. But let's get to this game here. Plus, we have, by the way, the startle meter and beat the waiver wire. And, Jamie, do you know what this is? Of course. Okay, Dave didn't know. You don't know Friday the 13th when no. Jason didn't? Didn't remember that. Yeah, that's that's this wow. Jason thing. I was gonna intro the show with the Friday the Thirteenth theme, but it's it's not good. All right, so um, Tampa Bay gets an injury to Devin White. He left in the first quarter with a knee sprain, and they lost the cornerback Jamel Dean as well. And yet they're still defending pretty well this year. They held the Panthers to fourteen points. Who are you most worried about? There are some candidates here: Cam Newton and OJ Howard probably headline the list. But who are you most concerned about after two games from these two teams? Well, I mean, those would be the two. Yeah, uh, I'm real concerned about O.J. Howard because you spent more on draft day to get him than you did Cam Newton, or at least you should have. And not only did he not have a catch, he had two penalties. His alone target was wiped out by an offensive pass interference call that he had. He only ran 20 routes according to Pro Football Focus. They're using him more as a blocker than they are as a receiver. It's, uh, he, he's losing to Chris Godwin. On those short and mid-range targets, there, there, there's a potential bounce-back opportunity next week against the Giants because they struggle against tight ends. So we'll see. If he struggles in that game, then it's, uh, then it's really bad news. Yeah, I think if you're worried about Mike Evans, I, I, we said I said it on Wednesday and I said it on Thursday. It wouldn't be surprising if he had a disappointing game. And Dave, James. Dave had him pretty low, right? And and yeah, but you kept saying Garrett Bradbury though. I did. It's James Bradbury. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the wrong Bradbury. Um, but he does a good. Uh, job he should score a touchdown. Yeah, he should score a touchdown. James yeah, missed that big throw in the, in the first quarter. No, the the uh, corner route in the end zone where he just completely missed him. Where yes, Evans was wide open. Jeez, man! So he could have had two. Yes, Jameis missed so many throws. God, he also got he, he, also, Cam. he also had an unfortunate uh, situation where Brashad Perryman couldn't catch the ball, which went right through his hands. Yep, that was probably his best throw of the night. Uh, that should have been a touchdown in the back of the end zone, but mm, neither one touchdown might have been his best throw of the night. I would touchdowns. Anybody could have made that throw. All right, who cares? Both quarterbacks struggle a little bit. Let's talk about Cam Newton here. Uh, by the way, drop or hold O.J. Howard? Hold. Hold. Okay. So now let's talk about Cam Newton. You know, I actually have faith in him to come around as a passer. I He's got this, you know, off-season arm issue and, and, and surgery. It took Andrew Luck a little while. You wouldn't see it statistically, but it took Luck a little while to kind of get his arm going. Because remember, didn't they take him out for a Hail Mary 
early in the season yes. for Brissett, right? So, so you can maybe expect some rust. But the fact that he has negative five rushing yards in two games is terrifying to me. Wait a minute. Wasn't it Cam who got pulled for the Hail Mary? No, it was Luck. I think it was Luck. Pretty sure Cam was pulled for a Hail Mary, too. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just misremembering on that. But Well, I, you know, Whatever. Luck wasn't Whatever. really getting the ball downfield early in the season. Cam, at least, you could see he still got, got a rifle for an arm. He threw the ball downfield a little bit more. But... But I'm I'm mostly concerned about the rushing yards and the fact that they're not using him to run the ball in short yardage. Well, I mean, it was the most telling thing was the last play of the game. He had to get a half yard for first down, and they didn't do it. But that that and that happened several times throughout the game. So where are you guys on Cam Newton right now? Who started in 65% of leagues and uh, threw for 333 yards on 51 attempts, but no touchdowns. It's going to be another interesting game next week because he gets to play Arizona, and if. Lamar Jackson does what I expect him to do, then it's going to be two games in a row where that defense looks bad. So 10 days to prepare. It's just a matter of what's available to you on waivers. You know, I mean, if you can find somebody that you feel comfortable with and we'll see what happens coming out of week two, you know, but um, it's going to range the gamut from, you know, Josh Allen, who I think is going to have the opportunity to play well, uh, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford. You know, there's going to be some guys that you could say, I feel more comfortable with over Cam. But it's also a matter of do you want to carry two quarterbacks? Because the minute you drop Cam, somebody's going to pick him up because he's going to start to get hot. This happened two years ago. You know, he got off to a miserable start, and then he started to get hot like he tends to do. I think the time off will help him, you know, sort of change a few things, you know. And, and, you know, I I hope it's to shake the rust off from the injury. It really depends on what's on the waiver wire. If, if If you look at your waiver wire and there are five quarterbacks that you're okay using as a replacement for Cam, don't pick one up. But if there's only one or two, then maybe you should just make the room just in case Cam has another bad game in week three. But again, we're not dropping. We're holding. No, someone will pick him up in a heartbeat. Right. Ten-team league, it's a little bit easier. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm still hoping there's enormous upside, but there's not enormous upside if he doesn't run the football. And he, he somewhat stopped running the ball late last season. I'm looking at his game log now. He had more than 33 rushing yards once in his last seven games. He had well, that ten. was one after the shoulder injury, right? Well, yeah. Was yes. From the Pittsburgh game? Exactly. Yeah. Um, that Pittsburgh, he played six games beginning with that Pittsburgh game. He had 10, 2, 63, 33, 23, and 15 rushing yards with zero rushing touchdowns. I didn't really buy it. I, I thought he was going to run the ball a lot this year. I thought he was going to be Cam Newton. Uh, that's not there. He still might. You know, this is, this mm-hmm. is typically when you're going to get the, the quote of a line's going to be a line. You know, he's going to say something that's going to lend itself to you thinking that he's going to get back to doing what he does when things are going wrong. Right. Optimistic. Okay, so you see some buy lows in in this situation, like Evans and Cam, I guess, would headline it? Evans, for sure. yes. I mean, that's an easy one. Mm -hmm. How about Peyton Barber, 23 carries, 82 yards and a touchdown, one catch, uh, and Greg and Greg Olson, fifty-one percent. I'm so annoyed that I had to drop Greg Olson. Uh, six catches, I, I, so I dropped him in uh, in one league because it was a it's a twelve team league, and waivers didn't run the first week. I don't remember what the circumstances were, but T.J. Hawkinson was available, and I had Hunter Henry. So I picked up Greg Olson first, and then I was like, okay, well, I got to make a transaction to try and get um to try and get Hawkinson if I can, and so I dropped Olson before the game. Had no tight end. And missed missed Hawkinson on waiver, so it was a disaster all the way around. Yeah, it's a shame. I, I I kind of liked the idea of a Greg Olson bounce back this year with his with him being healthier. But you had him in a couple weeks. Healthy, right? yeah. I had him. Yeah. Did you say me or you? You. Yeah. No, I had him. I had to drop him because I remember it was, oh. I said yesterday I couldn't make a transaction on Thursday. I had to play it safe oh, in case he didn't right, play. Right. So I yeah. had to drop him for Jordan. Well, I, uh, it make somebody else very happy. I, I actually had to start him in our in our dynasty league. Adam, the team that we share, you should be happy about this. Um, I, I uh, started him as a flex. Oh, very nice. So six catches, 110 targets. I lost Tevin Coleman and, and Tyreek Hill. 110 yards on nine targets. That's two straight games with nine targets. But between Olsen and Barber, are you buying either guy as a as a trustworthy player going forward? Olsen, Olsen yeah. for sure. And as long as he's healthy, he's going to be a starter for your squad. Barber just had the hot hand, I guess. And that's the only reason why he had so much work. Crushed the other two running backs in terms of snaps played. Um, I think it was 42 or 46 snaps that he had in the game. He had uh, he had a ton. Ronald Jones only had eight. 16 for Dario Gumbawale. So... Coaching staff had no problem leaning on Peyton Barber. I don't know if it's going to be that way every single week, but 
it was for this week against Carolina. And that run defense now, think about it. Malcolm Brown had two short yardage touchdowns. Peyton Barber, that wasn't a short yardage score. But they're starting to give up some numbers a little bit. Well, I mean, it was just the short yardage touchdowns. Todd Gurley went for 97 yards rushing. Yeah. So. I don't know if you heard what Aikman True. said, though. He said that they probably got, they got tired against the... He said that the Panthers have a good run defense, in his opinion. They got tired in the fourth quarter against the Rams, and that's when Gurley did most of his damage. And to be fair, they held Peyton Barber to 3.6 yards per carry. This was Peyton Barber, but if quote, but it, looking good. <laughs> but if you're, if you're talking about... The, I mean, look, the Rams wearing him down, that's fine. If this is what's going to happen against a mediocre rushing attack where they're going to be in close games, they're not going to be the type of team that blows teams out. Right. So they're going to get you know, pushed on and run on and, you know, back and forth, you know, slow drives type of things. So it, it's, it's not good. And, and this is a, a Rams team, you know, week one filling themselves out. I think if this was midseason, they may have done more damage and a Tampa Bay team that traditionally, at least the last few seasons has not been able to run the ball successfully. So they didn't run they the ball successfully. Good, they were terrible. Well, they averaged 3.2 yards per carry. But, but that, that's the point though, is that they're able to, you know, sort of wear on you a little bit. What's going to happen Maybe. when they face a good rushing team? Well, they got to get their offense going, obviously. I mean, they, they were terrible on third down. All right, uh, final question here. Uh, you know, only 18% of people started Curtis Samuel. It was nice to see him come alive. But uh, Jameis Winston, you know, 16 for 25, 208 yards and a touchdown. Some good throws, some terrible throws. 14 fantasy points after scoring eight fantasy points. He gets the Giants next week. Drop or hold Jameis Winston? Uh, it's the same as Cam. You know, if you find somebody on waivers that you think is better, and you feel more comfortable with. If the Giants struggle against Josh Allen, then I think it's the same type of thing. You know, you can buy into Jameis. I'll go back to the conversation I had with Carson Palmer. I thought about said, it last night. He said it's going to take some time for him to learn the system. And I think the thing that the biggest takeaway that I had from this was he had a lot of times where he was in the pocket. Coverage was was uh, good on on the Panther side of things, and he held the ball way too long. But instead of trying to force the ball, he took sack. And that's the maturation process of not making the mistake. Because this could have easily be 208, 1 and 2, or 208, 1 and 3, like we saw last week against San Francisco, where he's trying to make something happen. And that's typically been Jameis's fault or, or, or downfall. Um, it's also what, you know, I, on the flip side of that, I thought would end up happening more often than not, just in Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit uh, type of scenario. But this, is, uh, this was, I think, a step in the right direction that he didn't, you know, make a lot of mistakes from the standpoint of giving the other team the ball. Okay. All right, that's Tampa Bay 20, Carolina 14. Some interesting stats we'll talk about today. Aaron Rodgers has scored more than 24 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues only once in the last five seasons against Minnesota. 24 is not bad, but that's, you know, not great either, and only once has he eclipsed that in the last five seasons against Minnesota. Didn't play every game in that stretch. Uh, in their last 10 games, the Rams have allowed more than 19 fantasy points to two quarterbacks out of 10. They were Nick Mullins in Week 17 and Dak Prescott, who had 24 fantasy points with a rushing touchdown. They might be coming. You know, I was thinking about how we talk about, just like you said, it takes teams uh, time to adjust to a new offensive coordinator. It's really since their bye last week or last year that the Rams have been a much better defensive team. So maybe it took them, whatever it was, a nine weeks or so to uh, adjust to Wade Phillips. And they've been very good, a lot better defensively since then. But Jared Goff has thrown 229 or fewer passing yards. He's thrown for 229 or fewer yards in seven mm -hmm. of his last nine games, all but one of them without Cooper Cup. How about this one? Eight of the last 10 quarterbacks to face the Eagles have thrown for 297 or more yards, including Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, uh, Trubisky, and Case Keenum last week. So we'll see where you guys have Matt Ryan ranked. Uh, this is a fun one. John Brown is the highest-ranked wide receiver named Brown this week. There's Antonio. There's Marquise. There's AJ. John Brown's better than all of them. And well, this week, maybe. right? Well, we'll see if Antonio Brown plays. Well, are you? Who would you rank higher if Antonio Brown plays? If he plays, I'd rank Antonio Brown higher. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Because I think right now you have John ahead. I don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown. We'll right, find you have, out today, hopefully. Yeah, okay. All right. right now, yes, John Brown is ranked higher. Uh, and then Trevor Simeon's going to start for the Jets this week. He basically produced two top 20 wide receivers in 2016. That's, that's wild. If you played for the Broncos at any point in the last 10 years, Adam Gase will sign you. <laughs> Where's point. Julius Thomas? Uh, he, 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 
decides to still play in the NFL, I'm sure that Adam Gase would sign him. Uh, Surprised he's not the Chris Herndon replacement. Hopefully he hasn't been kissing anybody lately. Tweet of the day, um, Matthew Barry asked, (laughs) there it is on the screen. You can watch our full episodes, (laughs) by the way, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. He asked Jamie, who do you like more, at Dave Richard or at Adam Azer? It was uh, it was it was a little <laughs> surprise. Uh, um, I I did a uh, you know just uh, send me your questions. <laughs> this was one of the ones that I got. So appreciate Matthew reaching out. And um, uh, I told him my answer was you know that's like trying to pick you know which of my kids are the favorites. So I'll just take Keith Cummings. Yeah, Heath. I voted for Dave by the way. <sighs> oh, yeah. Today's sponsors are FanDuel and SeatGeek. Working on getting that FanDuel contest up. I'm sorry it doesn't look like I'll have it in week two. I'm aiming for week three where we can have a FanDuel contest. But if you go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, you can sign up and get some bonuses. You're going to hear about that in a minute. And SeatGeek, SeatGeek.com, the promo code is FFT there at checkout, and you'll save 10 bucks off your first purchase on SeatGeek, the best place to buy tickets. We got news and notes. We got the start meter We got a little bit of DFS. Beat the waiver wire, which does include Josh Allen, who has Cincinnati next week. The Bonanza and more. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. News and notes. The NFL is going to meet with Antonio Brown's accuser next week. Do you guys have anything to say about this or just wait and see? Uh, Wait and see. Yep. Joe Mixon did not practice. Is he going to be a Sunday decision? We'll find out if he practices on Friday. I mean, it's looking more and more likely like it's going to be Giovanni Bernard getting the the nod. So, um, you know, we'll see. If Heath were here, he'd say Giovanni Bernard, right? Bernard, yes. Bernard. And Sam Darnold has mono. So they've got Cleveland this week. The Browns DST is 68% owned. They're top 10 for everybody. They're top five for, I think, Jamie and Heath. If you need a DST, take a look and see if the Browns are out there. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is a shoulder issue. Do we think he's going to play? Yes, he, he went out on Twitter and said that he's fine. You just wonder, though, one shot to the shoulder, how's he going to hold up? So I mean, you got to start him, clearly, but you know, it's not. It, this, this, you... this is the interesting thing that I think that we're going to find out about the contract is... Playing through injury when you need to get your money and then playing through injury after you got your money. We see it with athletes all the time. Hopefully, this is one of those situations where he's fine. Should you go and get Ty Montgomery right now? If you have an open roster spot, I I looked in a bunch of my leagues to see if I could find a way to get him in in the leagues where he was available. I couldn't, Uh, but it's not a bad move if you do have an open roster spot. Yep, just in case. I was going to ask that, Dave. Nice. to it. Nice. In your face. (laughs) It doesn't look good for Mike Williams this week, right? No, according to Anthony Lynn, he was concerned. So uh, I heard that, and I was like, probably not. So bad news for Phillip Rivers without Hunter Henry and potentially Mike Williams. Yeah, uh, I'll just give the stat now. I was going to give it when we talked about the game, which is the first game we're talking about, Chargers at Lions. Uh, Phillip Rivers, in 2016, he did not have Keenan Allen, and he was still a top-10 quarterback. He threw for 4,390 yards, 33 touchdowns, and 21 interceptions. He had, he had Tyrell. He had Tyrell, Dontrell Inman, Travis Benjamin, Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates. Um, I, I, you know, at least he's got Keenan Allen now. <laughs> but he's uh, got Keenan Allen. He's got Inman. He's got Benjamin. Yeah, he's a he's a very good quarterback, but he doesn't have great pass protection, and that could be a problem. All right, yeah, he's he's somebody you want to avoid this week if you can. And he's got Eckler. He's got yeah. Eckler. Never mind, he'll be fine. He's got Austin Eckler. <laughs> the world is good again. Marquise Brown is a hip issue. He should play through it, but he's a little dinged up. Um, yeah, he's practicing. Got a question of uh, trade of John Brown for Marquise Brown. I would rather have John Brown moving forward. Me too. For this situation, the injury scenario of Marquise Brown. John boy. Uh, Sterling Shepard did not practice on Thursday. I think Cody Latimer left practice with an injury. It's ugly. It's Evan Ingram and nobody else. Bill's DST is widely owned. They're like 86% owned. Uh, Darius Geis out six to eight weeks. Adrian Peterson's going to start. He's 86% owned. And he was 
solid in the beginning of the season last year. The Redskins are optimistic about Jordan Reed against Dallas. Juju Smith-Schuster was limited in practice. It's not a certainty that he plays, but he's probably going to play. Um, McCall Hardman and DeAnthony Thomas are both going to have a role, according to The Athletic. More on Hardman in just a moment. Dallas is going to be mindful of Ezekiel Elliott's you know, lack of practice time this summer. When you saw that, you know, what did that mean to you? Do you think he gets a full workload? He got, I think, 13 carries in week one against the Giants. Do you think Zeke gets you know, up to upwards of 18 or more carries this week? I would say 18 touches. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than that. Okay. I would be surprised if it was as little as it was last week. And Oakland safety Jonathan Abrams is out for the season as they get ready for Kansas City. Do you expect the following two players who are on the injury report, not a huge injury report this week, uh, Tyler Lockett at Pittsburgh? He practiced on Thursday, so he is trending in the right direction. He should be fine. Jimmy Graham against Minnesota. Yep, he'll play. All right. Couple of omissions from yesterday. DeAndre Hopkins in DFS. Jalen Ramsey should shadow him in six games. Uh, well, let's look at his last five games against Jacksonville. He has scored in PPR 16, 18, 18, 14, and 26 fantasy points. So rarely huge games, and he's the most expensive wide receiver. Would you avoid DeAndre, Ho- DeAndre Hopkins? At least he isn't Vandal. Uh, would you avoid Hopkins in, in uh, DFS this week? Yes. Just based on the price, not the matchup. Exactly. Right, that's why you'll start him in your seasonal or in your redraft leagues. Yeah, uh, I seasonal don't think, redraft, whatever you want to call him. I don't think I asked about McCole Hardman. Uh, I know we talked about him a lot with Ben on Wednesday. I don't know if I said. Would you think about starting him? Somebody said I left him out, so here he is. Deeper leagues, if you if you're stuck, uh, you know, I mean, there are a lot of better starting options in terms of the guys that we're able to pick up. You know, John Ross is better. I think you can make a strong case Terry McLaurin is better. Um, Marquise Brown is better. But he is a and uh, one of the better stash candidates that you can have just to see what happens. I mean, you, you alluded to it, Adam, that they're going to kind of split time with, you know, the Anthony Thomas and, and Hardman. Hardman was the one that played basically every snap for Tyreek Hill when he left the game with the collarbone injury. Uh, we've seen this from the Chiefs time and time again that, you know, they kind of, you know, consolidate their targets as opposed to necessarily, you know, opening up to allow other guys some plays, but he's going to touch the ball. He only had one target in the game last week. That was a surprise for as much as he was on the field. So it's one of those things where you take a chance on the best quarterback playing in a game that's not exactly the best defense. So if you are stuck, it's more of a a, a dart throw in a three-receiver league, but he's also a good daily option too. Yep, he's in my daily lineup. Cool. DraftKings. And uh, tournament more so than cash games. Couple things to promote real quick. I on Fantasy Football, the radio show, Saturday night. Please listen to it, 10 to midnight Eastern. On CBS Sports Radio, you can call us up, 855-212-4227. We take your calls for two hours. It's awesome. CBS Sports HQ, live Monday through Friday, noon Eastern, and you can catch it. If you have the CBS Sports app and you're watching HQ on your connected device, you can see a replay of the noon show if you miss it. So that is awesome. And since I give so many takes that people hate on Twitter all the time, like what I said about the Avengers the other day, I'm sorry. Um, I, I decided today it's Friday. I'm happy, even though it's Friday the 13th. I'm just going to give a take that I think everybody's going to like, okay? So here we go. Ready? Not, nothing controversial. Mint chocolate chip is the best flavor of ice cream. What it used think? to be my favorite as a kid. It's the best. It's great. It's very good. Yeah. Rocky Road is overrated. Okay. Beat the waiver wire. Like, why? why you, 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 like, I know. You, you, had a, you, had a, you had a win, and you had to, like, you know, go in there and ruin it for yourself. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, I don't have that much for Pete the waiver wire. Um, the DSTs I'm looking at Tennessee at Jacksonville on Thursday. They're 39% owned green Bay against Denver Dallas against Miami. I mean, that'd be the best. They're 78% owned, but if you can stash Dallas's yeah. DST, that'd be a no. That'd be I'm a surprised they're, they're low. Same. They were drafted. They should be higher for yeah. sure. And Tennessee, you can get by with them this week against Indianapolis too. So if you've got a DSC that you don't like pivot to the Titans and you're good for at least the next two weeks. How about uh, Jacoby Brissett against Atlanta and Josh Allen against Cincinnati are the two quarterbacks I, I looked at. I, I think we'd prefer Allen, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it for him the start of the season. You know, the first three weeks for him, we'll see how the Cincinnati defense does. This was the That was the one that, you know, you, you sort of say, okay, let's see how he does against that one. But um, the Jets defense, you know, I thought he'd have a good game. He didn't play as well, had too many turnovers. Um, this week, for sure, he's a borderline starter. And then we'll see how he does coming out of this game. 
Brissett is a tremendous bi-week quarterback. I really liked how he played last week against the Chargers. Didn't have amazing numbers, but he could have had him. He could have had three touchdowns, you know, about Ebron kind of sort of dropping that one. So once you get to week seven, if you've got a QB that's on by around then and just some names in week seven that are on by Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, Roethlisberger, Jameis, I think he's one that you'll turn to at that point. You can wait to pick him up. You don't need to do it now, but he's going to be pretty, he's going to be usable. He'll have a role. Cam, Ben, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, all on by that week. Uh, all could be dropped. <laughs> you know, if you listen to fantasy owners, they are panicking about at least two of those guys. Um, but Ben's our start of the week this week, so big week for him. I, yeah, I don't know if there are any other running backs that you guys want to stash right now who could emerge as starters that are, that are available in leagues. Any wide receivers? I mean, know? for the most part with the running backs, it's the... Uh... It, it's kind of the handcuff guys, you know, Alexander Madison, Edo Smith, you know, guys that Ty Montgomery, uh, Ty Montgomery is a good one, you know, just in case something happens to the guys in front of them that are injury prone, you know, hopefully nothing happens to Dalvin Cook or uh, Devontae Freeman. But, you know, we've seen those guys suffer injuries before. OK, and yeah, I don't know if there are wide receivers that I mean, I think John Ross uh, probably Hardman. We just mentioned Hardman, Yeah, for sure. Armin for sure. That would be my favorite one. Okay. And right. I think if people if people drop Jamison Crowder in this offense in his role, he could still be very good, even if it's Simeon. Now they do have their bye week coming up in two weeks. So, you know, I don't know if there's a huge priority there, just given the fact that you may be a little bit some trepidation to start him against Cleveland with Simeon in the first game, but you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't give up on him. And then, you know, for the Hunter Henry owner that does have an open roster spot, pick up a tight end that you can use now. But also, you might want to speculate on Chris Herndon just in case. Um, That's smart. You know, he has the chance to, you know, play at the level that we saw in the preseason that we were talking about, you know, before the suspension. He is uh, not going to be able to play until week six, so you have to, you know, carry him for a few weeks. But could prove to be beneficial. I'm going to look up his ownership percentage. Oh, it's under twenty percent. I can tell you right now. All right, startometer. These are the games we're going to be doing later in the show. John Brown at the Giants. Eight, seven. Six, five, four, three, two. Okay, John Brown's a start. Devin Singletary at the Giants. Eight. Six and a half. Who's a better start, John Brown or Singletary? I'll take I'll, Singletary. I'll take Brown. Brown is safer, but I think this is the breakout game for Singletary. I hope it is. And one's coming, whether it's this week or two weeks from now. He's just, he's too good. They, they can't just keep handing the ball off to Frank Gore. Now, we said this last year about the Dolphins and Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake, and it never really happened. Different coaching staff, and I would argue a better running back here in Singletary compared to Drake. Josh Allen at the Giants. Six. Five and a half. Allen or Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers. Oh, it's close. Probably still Rodgers. <laughs> I don't know why, though. Dak Prescott at Washington. Ten. Uh, nine. Michael Gallup at Washington. Seven. Seven. John Brown or Michael Gallup? Just John Brown. Uh, Brown slightly. Yep. Uh, Adrian Peterson against Dallas. What's the format? Uh, Non-PPR. I will not start him in in PPR. He's like a five. Non-PPR, five. PPR, two. Chris Thompson in half PPR. Six. Six. Full PPR. Eight. Six. A Washington tight end. Four. Uh, six. Would you rather start Chris Thompson or Devin Singletary in PPR? Singletary. Singletary. Oh, no, really? no, I'm sorry. Thompson. 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 Would you rather start like Thompson both. or Singletary in half PPR? Singletary. Okay. Uh, Terry McLaurin against the Cowboys. Three. Five. Jarvis Landry at the Jets. Six in PPR. Baker Mayfield. Um, five and a half. Six. Jets wide receivers. Crowder in PPR is like a six and a half. Robbie in any format is like a three and a half. Crowder non PPR of like four. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why? Uh. Why so low on Baker Mayfield? Why is he outside your top twelve? I just didn't like all the mistakes that he made last week. 
And I, it seems like a really good matchup. It seems like a good bounce back spot, but just really want to, I almost want to see him have one of those big games like we saw last year before I go all in on him again. Prescott, much easier start at this point. Breeze on the road, I know it's, the track record isn't great. I'd still feel more comfortable with him. Okay. I think the thing with Baker that will help him a lot is if C.J. Mosley and Quinton Williams are both out. Yeah, you know, That's and, one thing that we, we talked about on CBS Sports HQ yesterday is that as Adam Gase, the clip that I heard, was rattling off the numbers of the players who were missing and not practicing. You know, he said 14 is out with mono and 26 has got a shoulder, not going to practice. You know, I was waiting to hear what he was going to say about Mosley and, and Williams because that's, aside I, from aside from Le'Veon, because clearly Darnold's not a huge fantasy um, option, you know, clearly impacts the receiving core, but I was more... I was curious as much about those guys as I was about Williams and Mosley for the Browns offensive players. And yeah, sir, I think it's going to be huge for Chubb. I think things are setting up for Chubb to have a huge week. Mm -hmm. Um, Mosley didn't practice Williams didn't practice, but they have two more practices to go before we know their game status. Uh, From what I was reading this morning, they are optimistic about those guys, uh, Mosley and and Quinn and Williams. And when Mosley got hurt last week, it just, I've said this enough times, it changed the entire game. They basically lost the game because of that. And that's when Devin Singletary got involved. All right, enough of that. We know Browns Jets is not going to be the bonanza. I am down to two games right now. So who's on the table? The Saints and the Saints Texans. And Texans. Saints and Texans are gone for the next three more games. Uh, four-week ban. It's either going to be AFC West Showdown or Sunday Night Football. Bum, 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 bum. This week's bonanza is the Chiefs Raiders. Chiefs Raiders. Interesting that you're, you know, it's it, the the survivor pool style that you're going. Yeah, with. I know. You can't use the Chiefs now for another four weeks. Yeah, I know. I know. Believe yeah. me, I know. It's a good call though. I think Derek Carr's gonna have a monster performance. Oh yeah, Jacobs I and Tyrell with the Sunday night game. Tyrell Williams is an absolute must in DFS. I don't like his price is too low. I'm excited. So is Sammy Watkins. Sammy, yeah, but yeah, but he's still like a top eight receiver in pricing. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's the eighth best. Yes, I'm. Yes, I think he's in my DFS lineup. So that's that's the bonanza. All right, let's go to the games. Chargers at Lions. Uh, an injury note, something I did not realize in week one. Denzel Perryman, he is the most important, probably the most important player uh, for the run defense for the Chargers. He played one snap, and it was on special teams. So they are easing him back. He is not fully healthy yet. So we'll see what that means for uh, for um, Carry on Johnson. Now, I like it for him. Yeah, I mean, it's good for him. I, I, but I don't know how many snaps he's going to play. You know, I assume it'll be more than last week. Uh, not carry on Denzel Perryman. We're talking about Philip Rivers, 19th for Jamie and Heath, 14th for Dave. Try to get away from him. It's kind of self-explanatory. So how about Austin Eckler? Is he just, he's a must start in PPR in non PPR. Is he also a must start Austin Eckler? Yes. They're running out of guys to give Philip Rivers to use. So I would imagine the run game, or the running backs used both in the run game and the pass game are going to get more work. That includes Eckler. He's going to have to hold up. But the numbers last week should make you feel real good about starting him. How does Justin Jackson compare to other number two running backs that might get work, like Malcolm Brown, Raheem Mostert, guys like that? I'd put Mostert ahead of him. Yeah, I'd, I'd still take Jackson. Jackson, I, I think he might get up to 10 touches. And I think he's got to score in order to make you feel good about having him on your team. Most could be better, but I want to see what they do with Jeff Wilson because I know they like him. Okay. And I mentioned this stat last week, but Detroit's defense allowed 57 fewer rushing yards per game after trading for Snacks Harrison than before him. Um, and they also added Mike Daniels. And they were okay against David Johnson, at least on the ground. 18 carries for 82 yards, but they did give up 6 for 55 and a touchdown receiving against Johnson. It's also in five periods. It's also what? They played overtime. So. Oh, yes. Course. Yes, they did. Full overtime. Uh, all right. So then Keenan Allen. Are you nervous at all about Keenan Allen with Darius Slay? Not this week without the other guys there. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll find ways to get him open. You're starting him. I agree. And I don't know if Slay goes into the slot very often. I think he just stays on the outside. And Keenan Allen, we know that he plays in the slot a decent amount. Okay. How about... If Mike Williams plays, would you start him? And what? where would you move Phillip Rivers in your rankings? Because like I said, he's outside the top 12 right now, and he's way outside for Jamie and Heath. 
I would probably put him a little below where Dave has him. So still no higher than 15. And I might move him ahead of Aaron Rodgers, and that's it. For the people in 16. I, I, give, I give you an example. I had a league where I had Rodgers and Rivers, and I played Rivers last week over Rodgers. I dropped Rivers to play Derek Carr. So if Derek Carr is available, I'd much prefer Derek Carr over Phil Rivers. Even if Mike Williams plays? Even if Mike Williams plays. Um, for the people that are in like 16-team leagues or DFS want to fly, or who's the guy on the Chargers you're looking at? Benjamin for the big play. Okay. Inman has the safer floor, but I don't even know if that floor can give you the three times value that you want. Let me look up his price quickly. Dontrell Inman is at 3000 so the cheapest price. So if he gets you four for 50 he's good on DraftKings. Okay. I'm not sure he can get there. So Matthew Stafford, 58% owned, 33 fantasy points at Arizona in week one, fell in love with Danny Amendola. We don't really have much of a sample size. We don't know what to expect from the Chargers' pass defense without Derwin James, but it it wasn't great. <clears throat> great last week. Jacoby Brissett completed 21-27 for 190 yards and two touchdowns. How do you feel about Stafford? Would you start Stafford over Rivers? Let's start with that. Yes. I believe I have Rivers over Stafford as of now. I could certainly, I would not fault you for going the other way on that. I just don't know what to make of the Lions' run game and how effective it'll be. Because last week it wasn't effective at all, and Stafford ended up shouldering the load, and he looked great. I like him as a streamer a lot. So if you're not comfortable with Rivers and, and the way that his matchup is looking, you want to go with Stafford, I think that's not a bad thing to do. Stafford or Carr? I have Stafford higher. Oh, that's not close. <laughs> okay. Stafford or Drew Brees? Uh, Brees. Brees. Stafford or Rodgers? Roger. I currently have Rodgers higher. All right. Stafford or Josh Allen? Stafford. Allen. All right. Jamie has him back-to-back. Allen 16, Stafford 17. Carry on. And Dave has uh, also back-to-back. I have him back-to-back. 17. Also, yeah. yeah, about that. But flip-flop him. Uh, carry on Johnson, guys. How much confidence do you have in carry on this week? Got to play him. You didn't draft him to sit him. Um, you saw Marlon Mack romp on this defense. It's just a matter of whether or not he can bounce back after a really disappointing game last week. Got to take that chance on him. He's, he's a number two running back for me. A little bit lower end of that running two spectrum, but still somebody that I think you got to go with. Yeah, agreed. So give me a scenario. I'll take Eckler easy. Right. Just in this same game, Eckler easy. A couple other running backs I would still start to have him. Uh, Fournette. Um, obviously the guys that had big games in week one, Mac, Jacobs, Henry. Go with them. If Mixon's out and Geo is the guy, I'll take Geo ahead of him as well. How about Brita or Carrion? I've got Carrion higher. Who's a better flex, Kenny Galladay or Carrion Johnson? Might be Galladay in PPR. Um, all right. How, how I'm, you... nervous. I'm nervous about Galladay. I think you're going to see Casey Hayward on him. That's going to be tough for him. And there's just so many other mouths to feed now if they do opt to pass. So how do you feel about the wide Galladay receivers doesn't in have general? To get a ton. You know, Galladay, yeah. Jones, Amendola. How do you feel about them? Um, I think they're... Galladay's a low-end starter. I prefer him as a number three receiver this week. Jones is kind of hard to trust just given how many targets went in other directions. Amendola is better in PPR than non-PPR, and you know Hawkinson I think is the best of the bunch. Hawkinson's a top five tight end. All right, that's uh... running right up the flagpole. Okay, um, yeah, I'm a little like I don't, I don't know. Obviously, I'm starting Hawkinson, but you might have Hawkins, you might have two good options here, and it's a lot to ask I, for I, him to have two good games in a row. I don't know. Uh, agreed. I, I think if you're the Hawkinson owner with a second guy, unless that second guy right now is OJ Howard, but if you're the Ingram Hawkinson owner, the Kelsey Ertz Hawkinson owner, go to the Hunter Henry owner right now and see what you can try and flip for him. Like I made an offer. I have Kelsey and Hawkinson. It's a keeper league where I'm going to keep Hawkinson next year for a 14th round pick. And I have Kelsey who's in the last year of me keeping him. I offered the Dalvin Cook owner who lost Hunter Henry Kelsey for Cook. And so I haven't heard back yet. We'll see if that's a trade they're willing to make. But, um, you know, it, it, it's circumstantial, you know, depending on what you want to do. But I think you can flip Hawkinson because that may be his best game. Wouldn't be surprised. You know, it was awesome. Um, if you can get something great from the Hunter Henry or any owner that's, you know, searching for a tight end, you may be able to get something very good in return. The worst carry on Johnson does, the much better TJ Hawkinson will be. 
he's going to be, they'll flip a switch and he and Amendola will start getting plenty of targets each week. If carry on breaks down stinks, DJ Anderson gets more work, whatever the case may be, if this run game can't get going for the lions, you're going to see Hawkinson really explode. All right. Dave and Jamie are going to tell you to sit both DSTs. Heath does have the chargers as his number seven DST. Uh, they had wow. just two sacks in week one, but they were facing obviously a great offensive line. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, you, you drafted. Hawkinson's okay. only 3,000 on DraftKings. What? Okay. That's it. We'll do that. It's, it's worth signing up for DraftKings and starting a lineup just to have Hawkinson. If he gets you four for 50, you're, you're succeeding. Also, That's returning value. Also, sign up for FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash FFT, you know. Um, all right, we'll take another What's break here. What's his price on FanDuel? I'll look it up. I don't know. We'll, I we'll take cheap, too. We'll take another break here on Fantasy Football today, our last break of the show. Minnesota and Green Bay, when we come back, a lot to talk about in this game. We'll be right back. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back to this Friday, the 13th edition, Minnesota at Green Bay. I've been wanting to play this weird sound bite for every game, so I'm going to intro every game with that. Just enjoy it. Stat of the game you're probably going to ignore, number one. Kyle Rudolph has scored 11 or more fantasy points in PPR in four of his last six games against Green Bay. Are you ignoring it? Yes. Yeah. Stat of the game that you will probably ignore, number two. Devontae Adams has had less than 70 receiving yards against Minnesota in three straight games. But he has scored in all three games. Are you ignoring the low yardage totals? I guess. Uh, yes. All right. Start Adam. Sit Rudolph. Yes. Yes. Okay. Stat of the game you might not ignore. Aaron Rodgers has scored more than 24 fantasy points. I said this earlier. In six point per passing touchdown leagues against the Vikings once in the last five seasons. So, starter sit Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I would try and get away from him. Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Well, that's. I, I think Aaron Rodgers can still find a way to get to twenty fantasy points. Let me just see. Carr where... could blow that out of the water. It's it's definitely possible, but I think I'd just still go with Rodgers over Carr. So, by the way, twenty four fantasy points is what I mentioned. He hasn't had more than that, only once in five seasons. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That would have been twelfth last week in six point per passing touchdown leagues. That's what Drew Brees. I mean, look, Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan got to twenty two against them in garbage time. Yeah, it was I just think it's gonna be a low scoring game with uh the Packers defense playing the way it does. And Minnesota, you know, so two thousand seventeen they gave up eleven point six points per game at home, nineteen point four on the road. Two thousand eighteen, nineteen point six at home, twenty three on the road. Their road games were a little more difficult than their home games, but you know, teams are better at home. There's no surprise there. All right. So Aaron Jones, starter said Aaron Jones, guys. 13 carries, 39 yards, one target last week. Um, what do you do this week with him? I'd send him if you can, but I'd also buy low if you can, too. I mean, they're going to be much better days ahead. It's just tough, tough schedule. We talked about it. You know, first two games are going to be really tough for him. Usage wasn't great, but he also got banged up in the game and left for a couple of drives. I think that helped Jamal Williams' snap count. So uh, I, I would think that if you can get Aaron Jones cheap right now, try and do so. All right, carry on Johnson or Aaron Jones? Carry on. Carry on. Matt Breida or Aaron Jones? Close. I'd rather take Breida. Okay. Uh, Devontae Adams is a start. Are we avoiding the other wide receivers for the Green Bay? Yeah, I think, I think you so. should. I mean, look, you, you may get another big play from Valdez Cantling, but he's going to need to score or get two of those. And uh, I would probably look to go a different direction. I'm very interested to see what Jimmy Graham can do this week. He is 67% owned. He had three catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown on six targets at Chicago. Uh, in his two games against Minnesota last year, he had 95 yards at home and only 34 on the road. And I feel like tight ends, it, it might be a weakness for Minnesota. They When they faced good ones last year, they didn't do great. Um, they gave up a ton of production to Hooper, to Hooper last week. And uh, what do you think about Jimmy Graham? Is he a start? Not for me, but, you know, if you are, again, the Hunter Henry owner that's fishing, 
you know, he could have uh, another three for 30 in a touchdown. I think he's, I think he's best as a top 15 type of tight end. So almost good enough to start. Okay. That's Jimmy Graham. Is he's better than Kyle Rudolph? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Until you see Kirk Cousins throw the ball more than 10 times, you can't trust Rudolph. The only guys you can <laughs> hope for are Thielen and Dick. Yeah, bold prediction. About? Rudolph had 10% of the targets <laughs> yeah. there last week. It was great. Bold prediction, he will throw more than 10 passes. In fact, I'm debating uh, Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford this week. I think you guys are going to tell me Stafford, right? I mean, I would. you can go with Kirk Cousins if you want. What's the over-under pass attempts? 20? I- 20, no, I think, I think he'll be in the no, 28-ish range. Right. It was like I'll circumstantial take, take what happened last week. I don't think they're purposely trying to keep Kirk Cousins from throwing the football. Oh, I think that they would love to keep Kirk Cousins from throwing the football. I think they would love to be the Seattle Seahawks and dominate running the ball, play defense, and not have their quarterback have to make plays. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins actually got to yeah, run. Yeah, but that's not realistic. He's got to run for more touchdowns than Russell Wilson. Uh, he has one he, already. He, he, he probably already did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Stafford is 300 less on FanDuel than Cousins, by the way. Okay. So Cousins is 75% owned. I just, you know, if the Packers defense weren't so improved, I'd be pretty interested in him in this spot, you know, at least in, in, in DFS, because nobody wants him right now. But I'll, you can try to get away from Cousins and see what the game plan is. Dalvin Cook's a must start. And then, like, are, are you at all concerned about Thielen and Diggs? They have really good history over the last two years. Big, big games against the Packers. More concerned about Diggs than Thielen, but I think they're both startable. Yeah. Start, startable or must start? Uh, I don't think Diggs is a must start. I think Diggs is a start because you drafted him in, in a range where you want to give it one more week. And we did see one of the Bears receivers have a big game last week. So I think you could see one of the Vikings receivers have a big game. I don't think you're going to get big games from both of them. But the hope would be is that you kind of get, like think about the, the Panthers stat line last night. Nine for 89 for Moore and uh, five for 91 for Samuel. I think that's realistic for both those guys with one of them potentially scoring. If if you're going to ask me which one, I would say Thielen probably scores. All right. Like that to me is, is, is what I'm hoping for for those guys. That sounds like a decent game for Kirk Cousins. I mean, let's not forget Cam at 330 yards well, last night. But he also had Well, I, I mean, if, if it's 330 and one, I think Stafford would do better. Okay. But I don't think it's going to be 331. Remember, Cam he's also not going to throw for three thirty. He's not going to three thirty. No, he's not throwing for three thirty. Um, he because th- Cam had fifty passes, fifty-one pass attempts. That's not happening. Which DST do you prefer, Minnesota? Packers. Okay, it's close though. You guys both have the those two defenses around ten to twelve. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, Saints at Rams. I I didn't even think about this one as the bonanza. I, well, you couldn't. Oh, that's right. right that's you right. can't even use but, it. But even if I could, uh, I'm, I don't... Okay, they played twice last year. One of them was the bonanza to end all bonanzas. The other was a total Costanza. The first game was 45-35, and the second game was the overtime game. It was 26-23, but not a very good fantasy game. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 uh, You know what I'm trying to say. I, I, don't, I almost don't want to say it out loud, but I feel like this could be a mid-scoring game. Not low, but like a mid-scoring game. I agree. I could see both teams getting in the 30s. I could see really? both teams staying in the low to mid 20s. That's Rams kind of had to I'm shake their rust off game last week, back home. Uh, Saints on the road, short week, and their defense not look good against the Texans. They're playing a very similar offense in terms of a high powered, you know, scoring team. So I could see them having to chase points, and it's kind of the only reason I I, I still think Breeze is startable because I think he's going to have to throw a little bit in this game. Um, yeah. But I think Kamara does what he typically does. He was awesome last week. I think he's awesome again, plus he scores. Um, you know, Latavius is in play as a flex. It's going to be a matter of who the second option is for the Saints passing game. I think this is actually be a Jared Cook game where he comes up and, and plays a little bit better than we saw last week. So with, with Thomas and, and, and Cook, I think Breeze will find two touchdowns. I think Kamara and potentially Murray also score. So I think they can get to four touchdowns. And the Rams, I, I don't think the Saints are going to stop them. Uh, well, the Saints are not going to stop the run game they obviously missed Sheldon Rankins last week so okay you're starting Kamara how do you feel about Todd Gurley in this game number number two running back Uh, number one I think he's a number two. by the way I I, I, we don't know how much work he's gonna get last week he didn't get as much work and uh you know if he had scored if they had worked him in short yardage we'd feel a heck of a lot better about it but they didn't this is gonna be market correction game where you get 
They're inside the five and Malcolm Brown's there. Malcolm, go off the field. Todd's coming on. <laughs> I screwed I don't up. Know. But... Is it Malcolm's series or is it Todd's series? That's what they were saying. Is that yeah, I, I think to... I think Sean McVay is tired of answering that question. So I think you're gonna see Todd go in there and get the touchdown. I screwed up the order of that, but what I meant to say was uh, they're not gonna hopefully they're not gonna stop Todd Gurley because they miss Sheldon Rankins. The yes. Saints don't have to worry about Alvin Kamara. Um we do have to end Hopefully the not. video portion of our show right now. I did not realize the time. It got away from me. So let's do that. You can watch basically the full show of, of you know video on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. We're uploading all of the video portion. But stick around for the audio portion. When we uh, continue Fantasy Football Today, we'll get into Jared Goff and Drew Brees, um, all the wide receivers in this game, everything you need to know. And then we've got four more games after that, which are, you know, for the most part, a lot easier. So uh, we will be right back. Audio starts now. So would you start Drew Brees or Jared Goff? Uh, I have Goff ranked higher. I just I like his chances of having a big game compared to Brees. Jamie, agreed? Uh, I would agree. I think there's a, a little bit of a higher ceiling for Jared Goff at home. Like I said, I think that was the shake the rust off game. Um you know, it was a tough spot, you know, long road trip, early start. I think he plays much better at home. Yeah, and he typically does play much better at home. Goff, I mean, like last year was ridiculous. He averaged 342 yards per game at home, 244, almost 100 yards more at home with 12 more touchdowns and seven fewer interceptions. It was ridiculous. I uh, also averaged more home yards, uh, in, more yards at home in 2017, not quite the same drastic split. So Goff is a top 10 quarterback. Breeze is a borderline starter. Um, I think I may have asked this, but actually I don't think I did car or breeze this week. He and breeze just so everybody knows only three like usable road games last year. And two of them were against the two worst teams in terms of fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, Atlanta and Cincinnati. Other than that, he was pretty bad on the road. Um, so breeze or car. I just, I feel better with breeze. I struggled with this one. I have them back to back right now. By the end of the day, I may change it. So right now I have breeze at 11 car at 12. I may switch that and put car ahead of breeze. All right, Kamara, yes. Gurley, yes. Uh, so we already talked about them. And Rams wide receivers. Cooks, Woods, Cup. Start them all? Yep. Yeah. How many of them would you start Tyrell Williams over? Um, it might be two. I think maybe all of them. Okay. How about... Um, Not in PPR. I'd start Woods over in PPR. Would you start yeah. Latavius Murray over any of them? Any of the Rams receivers? Yeah. No. No. Would no. you start Latavius Murray or Aaron Jones? Uh, still Jones because he'll touch the ball more. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But they're both in that flex range for me. Okay. Latavius Murray or John Brown? Brown. Jared Cook or TJ Hawkinson? Hawk. What's his FanDuel price, Dave? Oh, it's six thousand. Oh, and FanDuel their their Sunday Million contest only <clears throat> only nine bucks to enter. Oh, nice! All right, cheap. Good job, Dave. I like that's that. worth signing up for and playing. Sit the DSTs in this game. FanDuel.com/slash/FFT. Yes. All right, Philadelphia is at Atlanta on Sunday night. Some Eagles news. What do we have? Torrey Smith is retired. Oh, really? I don't, okay. That's... That would also be Ravens and Panthers news. Mm-hmm. Good career. Yes. Yes. Philadelphia, Atlanta. Her. Here we go. Eight of the last 10 quarterbacks to face the Eagles have thrown for 297 or more yards. I already gave that stat earlier today. The only exceptions were Mark Sanchez and Josh Johnson. Here are the quarterbacks who threw for 297 or more against the Eagles since last year. Breeze, Manning, Dak, Goff. That was when Goff wasn't throwing for a lot of yards. Watson, Trubisky, Breeze again, and Case Keenum. Do you like or love Matt Ryan this week? I think he can bounce back in a huge way. And his numbers actually weren't terrible last week. I don't think he crushed you. No, no, he was good. Yeah, I mean, just I, from the I standpoint of... Be... How it unfolded. I think the one thing to be concerned with is he has not played well against the Eagles. But isn't a lot of that in Philly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's back home. Yeah, he's a good start. He, yeah. He's top 10. Okay. I'll take him over either of the quarterbacks in the Saints-Rams game. Ryan or Wentz? I'd take off over him. 
I would uh, go. Wentz. I would go Wentz. Um. All right. How about Eagles running backs? What are we doing here? Flex at best the Miles Sanders. I think this will be a much better game flow for him because I don't think they're going to be down twenty to seven at halftime, which is where you know Darren Sproles comes into play in a big, big way. So you know, I, I look. He had a twenty-one yard touchdown call back from a holding penalty from a wide receiver. You know, so that's uh, that's an encouraging situation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I do think that you know, there it's just a tough week to say he's a must start guy. Uh, it, go, going back to Ryan, uh, he's had. Two multi, three multiple touchdown games against them, but the last two where he's faced them against this coaching staff, he's been bad. Both of them were at Philly, though. Yeah, I I buy into him being at home. And we, we talked about Sanders and Singletary kind of in the same vein during the draft process, and I, I think both of them are real close to breaking out, but I think Singletary's closer. Oh, Singletary happens this week. So would you rather I start so. Latavius or Miles Sanders? Latavius. Tay. How about Darren Sproles? We know the Falcons are really bad against pass-catching running backs. They have been for three straight years. It did not show last week. Maybe they'll be better. Who knows? But uh, do you have any interest in Sproles with three catches for 16 yards in week one? I'm starting him in our 23-team office league. Okay. That's some. That's something. Uh, all right. So, yeah, he's, he's a desperation kind of flex and only in PPR. Who's your favorite Eagles wide receiver this week? Deshaun. That one. Why? Why over Alshon? Well, he had more targets last week. He had just as many touchdowns. He had a bunch of deep targets and short area targets. He he left a lot on tape to be very nervous about if you're Atlanta. And the Falcons secondary, I don't know if they've got the corners that can really match up. They're going to end up playing zone anyway, but he's got he's got the burners to break it. And I know they're going to take shots with him. And we expect it to be a high-scoring game. You were just considering it to be your bonanza, Adam. I think Deshaun has more upside. He's on the fence for me as a number two fantasy receiver in PPR. And I would rather start him than Alshon. But I like them both. Last year, number two wide receivers did very well against the Falcons. I mean, everybody did, but... Chris Goblin, They're going to take touchdowns. turns lining up on Isaiah Oliver and, and team. Right, I won't go through all of it, but just just so you know, number twos did really well. Uh, would you start uh, Deshaun Jackson over the Rams guys? I would start him over Cup. Uh, I would not. I'd start all Rams guys. I think Deshaun's a very good number three receiver. Well, so what is Alshon Jeffrey then if Deshaun's only a number three? A very good number three receiver. <laughs> okay. And Matt Ryan, 10th for Jamie, 7th for Dave, 9th for Heath. We like him. So Calvin Ridley, how would you rank Calvin Ridley with Alshon and Deshaun Jackson? Love the matchup for him, too. Philadelphia's secondary got burned by Terry McLaurin last week. Paul Richardson had deep targets. They gave up a ton of yards to Case Keenum. And now they're on the road against Atlanta. And this offense, it's gonna they're going to play better than they did last week. The matchup is so much easier for them than it was last week. So Ridley, I, I like Ridley better than the Eagles receivers. It's top uh, 20 for me. I do as well, but I think Ridley's a uh, top 20 guy. Um, I wouldn't put him much higher than that. Calvin I Rid- start all three Rams receivers. Wow. Really. All right. So, so fire it up with Calvin Ridley. This could be a good game. But is, okay, I don't know if this is a tough matchup for Devontae Freeman. He was terrible last week. Malik Jackson out defensive tackle for uh, Philadelphia. And Fletcher Cox a little banged up. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Devontae Freeman? I feel a lot better this week than last week. Matchup is better. Uh, at home is good. He should get more work. He's he's in that number two running back range for sure. Last week he wasn't. This week he is. Okay. Freeman or Aaron Jones? Freeman. Who really, if you had both of them, if they were like your second and third round picks. No. I'm going to guess. Third and fourth. Sorry, that's what I meant. Third and fourth. You could be 0-2. They, they, like, they started with two tough matches. But I don't know. May, maybe this isn't that tough of a matchup. We shall see. Um, hoop. Oh, how about, uh, how about Hooper? Hey, Hooper. Uh, decent PPR tight end. But if Freeman, if Freeman plays well, Hooper's not going to get a lot of targets. Well, if they're chasing points, then he will, like we saw last week. Right. So the theory that I've always worked off of, and, and I believe Hooper did not confirm this theory, so who, take it for what it's worth, is that Hooper's better games come when the Falcons can't run the ball. All right. I think they'll be better at running the ball this week than they were last week, so the nine targets that Hooper got last week 
probably won't be there. You know, I was watching Jaws the other night. He says Hooper, screams Hooper like 50 times. It should be a drinking game. Oh, it would be a dangerous drinking game. It's just too much. But it's just hey, all the time. Uh, sit the DSTs in this game, and let's go to our next game on Friday the 13th. Dallas at Washington. I'm going a little crazy with the bites today. Sorry. I'm in a mood. Stat of the game. The Cowboys allowed the sixth fewest receiving yards per game to running backs last year. And they did that. They were good against pass-catching running backs despite facing Barkley twice, Kamara, and McCaffrey. And last week, Saquon Barkley had four catches for 19 yards. So, Chris They have Thompson, great linebackers. Yeah, they, absolutely. That helps them out a lot. So what do you think? I mean, does that scare you off of Chris Thompson at all? I don't have him as a top 24, but I literally have him at 25. I think he can get five catches and 50 yards on top of it. There's probably a little more upside in some of the running backs I have ranked behind him. So I'm probably going to end up moving him down, but still look at him in that flex range in PPR. Love Thompson in PPR this week. I think he's a top 15 running back because they're going to be chasing points. And I think, as you saw in one of the games against them two years ago at home, he dominated them. Now, different defense, obviously, but this is a similar quarterback that is going to check the ball down. And what you saw last week with seven catches, I think, is probably the floor. Wow. Seven catches is the floor. Yeah. I mean, look, it's Case Keenum. I know he threw the ball down the field last week. But his M.O. is typically get the ball out of his hands quick. And he looks for his running backs. He looks for a slot receiver. He looks for his tight end. So okay. I love the yeah. setup for Chris Thompson in this game. I'm going to go the other way. Just I think he's a good flex, but I think you can find better running backs. Yeah, not in PPR for me. I think he's going to have a monster game. Singletary, great. Singletary or Chris Thompson? Oh, that, PPR? Easily Chris Thompson. Really? Easily. I'll go with Singletary. I'll, I'll take the chance on him. And, and I love the breakout potential for, I know, I know. for, uh, for, for Singletary, but in PPR, I don't think it's going to be close unless Singletary scores. Singletary is going to get more carries, and I think he could have maybe two or three fewer catches than Chris Thompson. He catches the ball a lot, too. Yeah, the thing is, like, I could see Dallas doing well on a yards standpoint against Thompson, but as long as he's catching the passes, he's going to give you a nice PPR floor. So I guess Absolutely. That, yeah. Uh, Dak Prescott is top 10, ninth for Jamie, sixth for Dave, seventh for Heath. So you have a, you might have a tough decision, Goff or Dak. I mean, they're going to be in the same range, Ryan or Dak, but, you know, he, he should be good. And uh, Zeke, we're going to start. Hopefully we get that big workload. So Cooper's a start, but um, Michael Gallup, starter's it. Very good flex. Yep. What else in this game? Vernon Davis, Jordan Reed, how do we like them? Vernon, if if you're desperate at tight end, I know he scored last week. It seemed a little fluky how he did it. I'd like to see him get more volume. Maybe he'll get it. Whoever the starting Redskins tight end is, is a borderline starter. That's a fair way to put it. Dallas Dallas allowed the six fewest fantasy points to tight ends last year. They didn't face a lot of good ones. Um, they did well against Ertz once. They did horribly against Ertz once and Ingram twice. And then last week they got crushed by Ingram. But that's not surprising. I mean, we're talking about Vernon Davis here. Uh, 2000, go back to 2017. Jordan Reed missed 10 games. In each of the first four games, Davis had 58 to 76 yards. And then he faded down the stretch. He averaged 20 yards per game in the last six games. So... Maybe it's, you know, maybe you'll get him right now while he's good. Uh, I think we're done with this team. Terry McLaurin. Like, okay, let's say you have uh, Latavius Murray, Devin Singletary, Terry McLaurin. How would you rank those three? Singletary, Latavius McLaurin. Okay. I think I have it ranked that way. I would not fault you if you wanted to take the chance on McLaurin, who just has really good deep speed. And plays a lot in that offense. I I, don't, I prefer you keep McLaurin on the bench. All right, we got two games left. He's worth left. a bench spot. Two games left. Dallas DST top six. Start him. Buffalo at the Giants. Stat of the game. The Bills allowed the second fewest fantasy points to tight ends last year. Virgil Green was the only one with more than 48 yards against the Bills. They did not face the toughest competition. Would you fade Evan Ingram in DFS? I would consider it. The price isn't really that bad. I'm starting him. I, I think he's going to crush it. I mean, he's got no choice he's but gonna to. He's going to get a ton of volume, but he's going to get a ton of attention, too. Yeah. I'm not good. I mean, uh, it's an interesting thing. We'll see. They're usually a pretty good pass defense and a yeah. bad run defense. So this could I, be I a would imagine Barkley that for day. four quarters, uh, over four quarters, eventually Ingram can break right. through. Whether or not he can give you 20 fantasy points on FanDuel, I don't know if, I don't know if that's in the offing. And I think that's what you would need 
I think you need at least that many to make them worth your while. Okay, so sticking with the Giants, start him and start Barkley. <laughs> Going to the Bills, I don't think we've talked enough about Josh Allen. He's a borderline starter. And uh, give me some guys you'd start him over, Josh Allen. I'd start him over Rivers. I'd start him over Kyler. I'd start him over... Um, I mean, the, the other backup quarterback, Stafford. Garoppolo? Oh, easy. I'd okay. start him over Garoppolo. I'd start him over Kyler, Kirk, Dalton. Um, I currently have Carr behind Josh Allen. Okay. Devin Singletary. I, by now, we should have a pretty good idea of how we feel about him. Breakout potential. It's not the safest play, but if you're feeling a little risky, the Giants is just going to have a really bad defense. It's the bottom line. Um, okay. John Brown, we like quite a bit. He's about the same range as, as Singletary in terms of flex. He's a number two receiver and a solid flex. I'd say he's higher than Singletary. Okay. How about anyone else? Cole Beasley? Like, eh. Who's better than Singletary? John Brown. Oh, no, I'll take Singletary. Right, that's why I knew that. I mean, that's why I said they're in All the right. same range, because I knew you guys differed there. Yeah, no, I like Brown better. Anyone else in this game? Uh, Beasley's not a bad uh, flyer. Right. I think you saw last week they had trouble with the slot receivers. Cleveland at the Jets to finish things off. Are there any Jets other than Le'Veon Bell that you're starting? Crowder and PPR is a flex. All right. Yeah, I mean, look, Trevor Simeon gave his two 1,000-yard two receivers in 2016. They both had five touchdowns, Demarius and Emmanuel Sanders. Simeon played 14 games. He missed uh, he missed a portion of one, so he really played like 13 games, but... Then he was terrible the following year, and he didn't play in 2018. I don't have much faith in him, especially kind of preparing on a short week. So really, let's just talk about the the Browns. And like Baker Mayfield behind Derek Carr, is that right? I have Mayfield higher. Uh, I would take Derek Carr. Okay. Yeah, I would take Derek points. Carr on FanDuel. It's Mayfield. interesting. I mean, Baker Mayfield's a guy who was drafted as a top five or six quarterback who had a bad game. And seems like it is a good matchup. So he and he had good moments in the game, but he just melted down at the end. Uh, can the Jets put the same kind of pressure on him that the Titans did? No, I don't know. I don't think so. I I think that their corners just cannot hang with with their receivers. So Baker Baker isn't top twelve for me, but he's pretty close. Start, I'm not I'm not up. running away Sorry. from Baker Mayfield. Like me having Carr over him is not an ind- indictment that you have to go pick up Derek Carr. Over Baker Mayfield. Right, right. Start Nick Chubb. Start Odell Beckham. Landry's uh, a good flex. Landry or Crowder? I Crowder. Mean, I may Crowder. have already asked that. I'm sorry. Crowder it is. And uh, Najoku. How do you feel about him this week? If you think he can catch another touchdown, go for it. That's that's really all he's good for. He is a touchdown or bust tight end. Dave, you're going to move the Browns DST up? They're 10th. Nope. I got them right where I want them. Top five. Ooh, spooky show today. Thanks, guys. We're out of here. Is what? We're done? Yeah, we're done, Jamie. Okay, the smell stinks here. Bye. I love how you guys have to finish up in the smelliest room in the office. Na, 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 na.